Welcome to the Monthly Movie Dispatch, the movie review show from friends you can trust. Every week, every week we broadcast a review of a new film, talk about some film news, and recommend what to watch. We've been talking, critiquing, and gushing over movies since high school, and we aim to bring you honest conversation on relevant cinema. I have here with me uh, Nick Moffitt. What's up? How's it going, Nick? And also, uh, Cal. How are you doing, Cal? Hello. Hey. I'm doing pretty well. And I'll be your host here, Said Brandon, that. on this week's episode of The Matrix Resurrections. Yep, so we have me and Nick here with video and cow in the background. Uh, we'll be on Discord talking. Um, but let's go over our opening topic. Um, what I want to know from you guys uh, for this huge buildup to the fourth film in this saga um, what is your relationship to the original Matrix trilogy, and what's your kind of level of fandom up until this point? It'd be good to huge build up. Did it... <laughs> I, I don't know if that's. For... I don't mean to critique you immediately, but huge build up to this movie. I feel like no one was asking for this movie. That is true, right? Like, I I was like, just talking. Uh, totally. but I know I you were. I just like this movie is so weird. I just off the bat, I want to make this episode as weird as possible because. This movie is where did this film way come weird? From? Yeah. yeah, and there was not a huge buildup for it. It it came out of nowhere. It yeah. came out of nowhere. Probably anyway. just coming just coming out of um, what Fox 20th Century Fox's desperation to um, I don't know get something big going and rolling to see if they could land big Warner on Brothers. The, right? Is it Warner Brothers? Warner, yeah, yeah, Warner, Warner Brothers, Brothers. Sorry, to see if they could get something going in this like franchise based um, you know cinema that we have right now. And, totally. Absolutely. And uh, but it would be helpful before going into the actual view of the film to just see what you like, what's in your guys's past and how do you feel about the original movies? I guess um, I'll go first. Uh, this this was obviously probably all three of us are going to say the same thing. The first Matrix is a very formative movie for me. Um, it was a movie I saw even before I loved like loving movies. Um, and when I did see it, though, I got obsessed with it. You know, maybe this was like Fifth, early, fifth grade, sixth grade for me. I was too young to see this R-rated movie, to be frank. Um, but I, I got obsessed with it, um, even at that young age. I watched it a dozens of times, like tried to figure out all the little secrets to it um, to know exactly what was going on. And this movie came out in 1999, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, so yeah, I was still pretty young when I saw this. Um, however, um, the sequels to this movie um reloaded and revolutions came out um like during high school for me and that was some that was one of the first major movies i ever anticipated i was obsessed with the matrix reloaded trailers that were dropping like you know every month leading up to that release um and when i saw it it i was so hyped and i remember like shaking in that movie theater when i saw reloaded and i think I, I think I was I was mixed going through it. Like I was let down, but also blown away at still how like badass and intense like it affected me as being, you know, in high school. Um, I'll, I'll pass it off to you, and I'm sure we'll keep circling around. But I want to know your your history with this movie, Nick. Yeah. So Brandon, I mean, I'm basically seconding everything you're saying. I remember the first time I saw this movie, watched it with my parents, a friend uh, Wayne Barlow in New York. Uh, shout out to Wayne. There's no way he's listening to this, but I wanted to just say, like, I remember being obsessed with, with it with you. You know, like mm -hmm. I remember being so into this movie, watching it in your loft. 
I remember going to the theater with uh, your dad and seeing Reloaded, and we were so hyped up on it. And I remember six months later, Revolutions came out. And I mean, I don't really remember being disappointed, honestly. Like, I remember not being as good as the original, but it was yeah. still like, I remember me and you and our crew back then was super into uh, the sequels. You know, you know? that's a, I, I like that. That's a good way to put it. You said, like, we weren't necessarily disappointed, but we did know, you know, off the bat, obviously, it wasn't as good as the sequels. But I, you're right. I don't think we were actively disappointed in the moment. Yeah, because, I mean, I remember being hyped for Revolutions. Mm-hmm. I remember going to theater, like, really pumped for Revolutions. And I, I, I remember the theater size, like, not the theater size, but, like, the crowd being considerably smaller for Revolutions. It was like everyone went to Reloaded and then like no one came out for Revolutions. And be, I'd be I mean, kind of surprised about that because I remember then even getting them on DVD and watching them at your house, like marathoning, like all three of them. And then like trying to put the pieces together and stuff. Yeah, and we would we would do the times. single day marathons. And I remember the Animatrix was even in there well oh, yeah? spaced out. Like we would watch three episodes of each Animatrix in between like the different films um, so we did it like chronologically. Then we had some of the more um, oddly like odd story lines of the Animatrix in between one and two and two and three. Um, and it was like a 10 hour, 12 hour, you know, day's event. It was yeah, really fun. we used to do those. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. And uh, and then, yeah. And then, you know, honestly, uh, they had such bad reputation uh, for after high school. I don't think I went back and revisited those movies until like recently mm-hmm. like i rewatched reloaded uh last year i think and okay. i think i watched it again this year like i've watched reloaded like twice fairly recently and i actually don't know if i've gone back to revolution since so um you know i watched all three of them a ton back then i've watched the first one a few times since and i watched reloaded um recently I'm, but yeah I, you know I, um, you said something there you haven't gone back to Revo- revolution since like i think um uh, like in the moment, I, I would watch all three, but I afterwards I continued to watch Reloaded every so often just for its like you know visuals and its action and the huge set pieces. But I think for some reason, like Revolutions, you know, fell off for me. And that one I really don't remember well because it has been so long since I've seen that one, even compared to Reloaded. Yeah, I have a lot of fun talking about the Matrix, but yeah, I haven't gone back to Re- Revolutions nearly as much and. Yeah, like Reloaded, like parts of it totally hold up. Other yep. parts of it are still kind of confusing to me and like questionable, but I'm going to throw it to Cal yeah. because I know he's yeah, got yeah. thoughts about this. As our resident Matrix guest right here, our or expert. Matrix expert here, yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I think similar. We're all like dudes of a similar age and I feel like, yeah, most most people our age are, are in the same boat of just like, oh, wow, seeing the Matrix blowing their mind uh, and then reloaded in revolutions being like um i'm not sure that was exactly the thing that i was hoping for but i don't know i had cool stuff in it and then not thinking about it for 10 years yeah um so uh and i'm i'm definitely similar uh and in it was a few years ago probably 2018 or 2019 uh i went back and rewatched the whole series and uh including resurrections uh my hot take is that i think each matrix movie is more interesting than the previous matrix movie <laughs> uh which is I... not to say that the uh, the original matrix is bad or anything define uh, more interesting <laughs> uh like the what is what works about the matrix is that it's a very straightforward story 
Uh, mm-hmm. It's like kind of a classic, like, oh, this this guy discovering something about himself, stepping into a larger world, like fulfilling this prophecy, becoming the chosen one. Uh, and th- that's a great story. Yeah. And I think it's way more interesting to interrogate that idea and actually deal with the idea of like, well, is this is this a real thing? Is that how the world works? Is this how we should expect the world to work? Is like there's a chosen one who will fix every problem for everybody or like is the world more complicated than that and also here's a bunch of bonkers sci-fi nonsense uh that is really fun to parse and talk about as well yeah i found that same thing with the it's just good it's kind of the same thing where i in the past you've told me that like alien covenant is like the most interesting of the alien movies where like it's not the best but like you know alien is a straightforward horror movie with an alien ship aliens is like a war movie with an alien and by the time Alien Covenant comes around, it's like they're dealing with big ideas, a lot of complex sci-fi, yeah. philosophy, blah, blah, blah. And it seems like with the Matrix sequels, like, like I said, I rewatched The Matrix Reloaded recently. That movie's mostly about how the Matrix works and uh, yeah. the intricacies of that machine that is made up. Yeah. Yeah, I find it. Yeah, yeah, I heard Dan Merle talk about this, and it did make me realize the similar thing. Like, The Matrix 1 obviously gives you the massive and really well done exposition dump that's happening to Neo like 30 minutes, 40 minutes into the movie. And for the rest of the movie after that, it kind of plays out very you know straightforward action flick, minus a few more bits of information scattered through, but nothing major. And it's not necessarily the case the other Matrixes followed in that way. Um, you know, Obviously, especially this new one that we're getting now doesn't really take that direction of like simplicity to it it they give you a lot of information at a lot of different points and like most other movies often try to like wait to the end to give you um the big like exposition dump or um you know reloaded has kind of is the biggest example of that in the in the television room right um but yeah the the way the information is given to you and the complexity of that information is definitely increased right throughout the movies so, yeah. Um, so I, I'm curious, Cal, uh, why why do you feel, maybe I didn't hear too much in that, um, you're our Matrix expert. Um, like, w- like why, do you, why do you love the Matrix? Why do you feel you're an, an, an expert in it? I'm doing air quotes here. I think it, uh, we're calling him the expert. I don't know if he would call himself an expert. That's not yeah, necessarily fair for us to put on him, but we are doing it. Yeah. Um, I want to hear about all, your fandom. Minor technical failure here my headphones just died for mysterious oh. reasons uh so i might sound different and i apologize for that no audio's fine um uh but yeah so i think uh like when the matrix came out it was it was just such a a moment in the culture and like it captured so much of like the aesthetics and what was cool about 1999 uh, and I feel like much of the rest of the series has been like uh, a rejection of that in a lot of ways. Um, and I think a lot of the like Wachowski's career after that has been a rejection of that as well. Like, um, and uh, so I like getting back into the series. Uh, I think that what I find interesting about it is they're just interested in in completely different things than they were when they made The Matrix. 
uh, and maybe, you know, the Matrix was just... It was like their stepping stone to making different things, more bonkers things that they wanted to make. Uh, but their priorities just seem to be in a completely different place and in a way that I can mm -hmm. definitely relate to where like the matrix is like without a doubt a, a cool movie but also like there's a lot of like troubling weird stuff in it uh including like the heroes going on a shooting spree and murdering a bunch of potentially innocent civilians that are like oh yeah they're kind of robot people I don't know who knows but mostly you know it's it's a definitely a movie that is all about how cool you can look while murdering somebody <laughs> and it's obviously about a lot more than that but you know a lot of that stuff nowadays is just sort of like yeah i don't know if that's the best i don't know if that's what you know i i really want out of movies is like a guy looking super awesome and walking into a building and killing everyone inside of it i don't know that's not and so the like as the movies go they just are they just get more and more complex and uh, are asking bigger and weirder questions and introducing even more complex sci-fi topics just about like, well, what does it mean to to be a machine? How would a, a sentient program actually behave? Like, what would it look like if it was possible to download or upload a consciousness? Uh, and uh, as well as sort of maintaining all these themes about like choice and what it means to be a person and uh why it is worth it or not worth it to act heroically in a hopeless situation and uh yeah so so i i've at this point like i i do i like all the movies but for me the first one is uh again the least interesting not because i think it's bad but just because it has fun sci-fi ideas and it has an amazing aesthetic but uh in terms of like things that are actually uh engaging to talk about with other people about like how the world works and how we want it to work i feel like the later movies are just so much richer and stranger okay yeah real quick just to echo kind of what you're saying like i i think they're i mean i i love the first one i think the first one's like a perfect movie but uh, like watching the first one for the first time, like nowadays, like my wife, Shan, did that last year. She watched the first one and she was like, yeah, it was good. I mean, you know, I've seen that story before. So, yeah. uh, you know, these kind of these kind of movies exist, you know, the hero's journey type movies. Uh, so it's that's kind of what you're talking about. Like the first one is yeah. it's basic comparatively yeah. to how complex the, the more the later ones get. Great yeah. action has now existed, you know, in American movies for a while now, and you can find them everywhere. Um, even that is no not as groundbreaking. So you're talking about big and weird, and The Matrix Resurrections is definitely that. Um, so I want to get into it. Uh, so let's talk about it. So our main review for The Matrix Resurrections, the fourth, fourth film in the Matrix series, um, directed by just Lana Wachowski this time. Uh, plot description. Uh, return to the world of two realities. One, everyday life. The other, what lies behind it. To find out if his reality is a construct, to truly know himself, Mr. Anderson will have to choose to follow the white rabbit once more. All right, so uh, The Matrix Resurrection stars Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss, along with uh, Jessica Honwick. Um, 
uh, I, got, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Yahua Abdul Montin, uh, Jonathan Goff, and Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, this is now in theaters and also is just streaming on HBO Max, so anyone can pick this up and watch it in the living rooms if you want to. Nick, kick us off. I want to know your initial opinions on the new Matrix film. What did you think? Okay, initial opinions, no spoilers. We're going to go to the spoiler section here pretty quick. Yeah. So I just wanted to say I really enjoyed this movie. Um, it was... I had no idea what to expect. I had uh, hardly any expectations, to be honest. Like, I really was like, I don't know if I'm going to like it. I don't know if I'm going to hate it. I really don't know what it's about. Like, I saw the trailers, but I feel like the trailers didn't really give away too much, except, like, more Matrix stuff. And, um, yeah, I went in, and it was it was not what I expected. And I, or I would say, I don't know if anyone would have expected what it turned out to be. But um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I laughed a lot and, uh, I just, I, I engaged with the material and when it was over, I said, I can't wait to watch it again. So, you know, I almost watched it this morning before we recorded this. I watched it last night in theaters, by the way. So I was ready to watch it again this morning, but, uh, you know, that didn't work out, but still, I'm very excited to watch it again. All right. And, uh, and cow, what's your initial thoughts on the matrix? uh yeah i think it's great uh i i've seen it once and i can't wait to see it again and uh i think it is basically a perfect movie in maybe the exact opposite way that the original is a perfect movie okay (laughs) big opinions here and i'm gonna be (laughs) i'm gonna be the the downer on this film but maybe that'll be good for the conversation uh yeah i i really I really did not like this movie. I was really let down. Going into this, I remember we said out loud, um, saw this with Brett and a, or Sean and a friend, Brett. Uh, we said out loud like what we thought we were going to get ourselves into. And I was like, if anything, the Wachowskis are known for being like ambitious but messy. Um, and I'm even like, I even love Cloud Atlas. Like I actually freaking love that movie. Um, but, you know, some of the others, they've come out in the meantime as well. Like. Um, it's messy, but man, it's cool to see such an ambitious film. And so I, I figured I was at least going to get that. And um, I had my hopes, you know, kind of still turned down. And I don't know, I think it um, it's, it was sadly even worse than kind of what my expectations were going to be. And um, it definitely was messy, but I don't even know if I got the ambitiousness out of it like I did some of their previous films. And and yeah there's there's just like a lot of fronts there's some small pieces i was on board with and i'm excited to talk about like details with you guys um but overall i thought i thought the movie was much more poorly made than some of the past works um it kind of looked cheap pretty often there's a lot of things really pulling me out and distracting me at times and overall i think it like slid down to a more basic story than i was really hoping for um, from a Matrix script. Uh, basic. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll talk about what that means, because obviously there's a lot of non-basic stuff in here, too. I'm but. so curious what uh, that conversation was like. I wish we could have had that recorded and that have been the podcast of, like, what you thought this movie would have been like, because I'm just wondering how far off everything was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
You want to jump in spoilers? Then. Let's let's just go into the more openness that we're going to do. So, um, spoilers from now on. We're just going to talk about the movie, and um, here we go. Go for it, Nick. Would you want to ask? Oh, no. I was just going to make a joke of, like, did it sound anything like the pitch meeting for Matrix 4 in the movie, The Matrix 4? <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I mean, it was it was more about, like, their their past movies and their, like, their past work. Um sense eight like yeah i i saw the entire first season of that app that show and i was like like there's a lot of like poorly made things in this series but like holy crap this is like such an insane idea to put on screen like no tv show is like reaching for this amount of craziness in one thing um and and they're able to like pull it together in enough moments throughout the series to make it like enjoyable um, and impactful, um, even amongst its like uh, sloppiness, um, and that's you know kind of the exact same critique for like Jupiter Ascending, um, with how I really that movie is. But there's like so much going on; it can still be entertaining. Um, and people think that about Cloud Atlas, though I'm just like full fanboy over Cloud Atlas, um, and so on with a lot of their career. So yeah, that's it. Um, I- no, no, not just you. I just, you know, like, I'd be curious what Sean and, you know, uh, Brett were thinking too. Like, just the expectations going in this movie. It seems like, it seems like they wouldn't uh, be anywhere near what people would, would think, and yeah. uh, would think this movie would be. And, um, you know, and then there was like literally a pitch meeting in this movie, and it was just that was we have to reinvent action again, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, and oddly uh, enough, I yeah, I like. Um that scene was really fun and funny to me actually i'm i'm guessing it worked for you guys too but i kind of i was like kind of like following on board with whatever they were pull like whatever rabbit hole they were pulling me down through that like first part of the story um you know game developer neo and um self-reflective board meetings and mentioning warner brothers inside of it like i was i was kind of laughing out loud in a genuine way while it was happening well, let's let's let's, let's yep. slow down a little bit. Let's like uh, you know set a little context or something because like again, this movie's like I feel like me and Cow talked about this movie right after the after scene after I saw it last night. Like I you know I called them up and like I feel like there's this thing with this movie where like you're you're on its wavelength or or you're not. You know like it's the kind of movie where like I finished it, I walked out and I was like that was a blast. I can't wait to think about this more, watch it again, talk about it. But also, I feel like there's going to be a lot of people that don't like it. And uh, also, I thought that you and Sean were recording this episode last night. And I was like, man, they're just going to hate on this movie. Like, I was actually, like, looking forward to, like, hearing you guys hate on it. Because uh, it was just going to be so different. Well, it was just going to be so different than what I was thinking. What me and Cal were literally talking about. Because we were just geeking out on it last night. Just like, this movie is crazy and weird. And, you know, it's all these ideas are just stuffed in it. And, you know, it, it also kind of, like... I, I see the comparison to like the last Jedi, you know, where like that movie was full of ideas and it subverted expectations, but uh, a lot of people didn't like it. I think yourself and Sean included, you know, so it's just like, it feels like that line again of, um, you know, messy, risky filmmaking against, um, you know, um, cleaner, uh, I don't know, but um, so yeah, I don't know. I feel like we should start from the beginning of this at least a little bit. And that um, I just want to say, like, up front, like, I feel like this movie tipped its hand immediately with um, 
like the first couple lines in the movie were like a blank, like a black screen. And they were like, look at this old code that's being written. Why would someone go back to an old, an old idea to tell new ideas? Yeah. Huh. Seems like a bad idea. This isn't going to go well. Seems like a trap. And then they like go back into like the literal first scene of the movie and kind of reenact it of the first movie. And I felt like with that, it was Tibian's hand being like, this probably isn't going to go well. A lot of people aren't going to like this, but it's happening. So let's go and do it. Yeah. Yeah. Referencing Neo's Neo rerunning um, a simulation from his old video game code. Correct. Uh, Which is what they were diving back into to find Morpheus. Yeah. Yes. So, okay. I mean, that's what happened in I, the Matrix. Yeah, I, I kind of often in the Matrix will... in the game and uh-huh. in the movie and in the Matrix. But also like that was like Wachowski being like like Lana being like, all right, guys, like like that was kind of like a wink to the audience immediately that like this isn't a great idea. And it's probably a trap, but yeah. this thing is happening. Yeah. And just so you guys know, there's probably going to be a lot of points where I just, I just like want to talk about like you know, old like matrix rehashing of how things, how the puzzle fits together. Cause I'm sure all of us have different pieces and can help each other out of, you know, explaining these things. And yeah, that was, and that was a big, like, um, I guess how the, how the people from the real world were able to get into the video game to find Morpheus was like a big thing. I was, they kind of explained a little bit, but it was a big thing I was struggling with to try to figure out. So it's in the same way that they, it's it's almost like Inception style. I think they can hack into the Matrix like always, and then when they were once they were in the Matrix, they were able to hack into Neo's game, the Matrix, and pull out Morpheus out two levels into the real world. That's true because the yeah the Matrix game is still just code within the Matrix yeah. program. Okay, yeah, and yeah. in the same way that they talk about like. Oh, we're we're actually like we've we've learned how to like genetically engineer strawberries again because the Matrix has all the DNA code because the Matrix needed to know how to make strawberries, so they're able to like pull that back out into the real world, and I think that's basically what they do with yeah, Morpheus. Was, I did, yeah, that was a cool idea. Yeah, um, but yeah, I feel like I mean right off the bat, yeah, that first scene is it is like recursive and self-referential where they're. Like, yeah, characters on screen are like, why are we coming back here? Like, what's, why, 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 why reboot the Matrix? Why, why care about this stuff again? Like, the, the original Matrix is still there. Why are we splashing around back in it? Um, and I, I think that's kind of the whole first section of the movie is, you know, you it, it pulls out a layer and you realize that uh, Thomas Anderson is a, a game designer who made three successful video games called the matrix one two three and uh it's like a lifelike video game that looks exactly like the movies and then people on screen just argue for half an hour or 45 minutes or whatever about like it seems dumb to make the matrix four or to reboot the matrix like what are we getting out of this what's the point why why do people just want us to just redo the same stuff again like are we supposed to just invent a new version of bullet time? Like right. what's the point of that? Is it even like ethical to have a thing that's glorifying gun violence so much? Like is it, what's the point of doing any of this? And I feel like that is like 
a huge chunk of this movie is like explicitly about reboot culture and remakes and infinite sequels and legacy sequels and all that stuff and i i really love how <laughs> i love i love how mean it is uh <laughs> where I, I i think it's really funny uh but i think basically it is it is trying to uh it is trying to disappoint you and trying to shove the stuff that normal people would want out of a new matrix in your face in a way that is unsatisfying just to be like is this what you want like you just want your movies from your childhood again and again and again and oh they come on stage and you just have to make them say the same lines over and over again is that what you like is this what you like this dumb like rehash of the same thing over again this is what you wanted out of a matrix reboot why what's the point of that you're you're dumb anyway let's talk about neo and trinity and like there, there is sort of this this breaking point in the movie where they're like, anyway, we're done being mean to people who wanted a new Matrix. And it, it kind of moves on. And I, I want to talk about that more. But the whole first section really is meta-commentary, like very direct meta-commentary on like, what is the point of this? What do you, the audience, want out of this that you wouldn't get out of just re-watching The Matrix? So, you know, I'm like a sucker for meta-commentary. You know, like I, I've always been like... I mean, Kevin Smith, like, was doing it back in Chasing Amy, you know, and I was way into it back then, and he made Janet Sonbop reboot, which is actually very similar to the Matrix Resolutions in a lot of ways, or Resurrections in a lot of ways, but, you know, it's, I, I, all of that, like, works for me, because I'm, I'm, I'm akin to that, like, I like that, so I would get, I get why someone wouldn't want that in a movie, but I have to say, like, you know, they're saying in the movie, like, literally, Neo, Keanu Reeves is going, well, they're gonna make it without us. Uh, so we figure we might as well make it. Um, and uh, Warner Brothers, they're going to make it without us. And, like, I can't help but, like, laugh at that. That, to me, is so funny that they would they would go that distance. But, again, I totally get why someone wouldn't like that. Hey, Brandon, like, you, you were okay with the first half of the movie? The yeah, first I, th- I chunk think, of the movie, I mean? Yeah, I think I... Obviously, I knew it, it couldn't sustain that. And I, in my head, I was, like, racing through what the movie would become. Um and I, I, I had no idea it was going to like pull out and go like so, so far. I was kind of thinking it would like stay self-contained in that world, but still give us like an inside like Matrix action second half, um, but much more contained in this like, you know, still doing like video game developer um, with some agents coming in. But I, yeah, I, I knew it couldn't sustain that, but I was kind of enjoying that and when it like and it really like kind of obviously climax you guys keep talking about like the that montage in the boardroom the chasing rabbits like song comes on and i don't like yeah i thought it was i thought it was pretty good like the the meta commentary on top of everything is fine like you're saying Kyle, like is this what you want and it's like it's like no this this isn't what i want like maybe this is what the the greater population wants but like this is this is not what I want, and what I what I think the movie turns to end up like giving giving me after that. I don't know if it holds up against its like trying to be smart meta commentary. Yeah, exactly. I was, uh, I was so excited uh, at that part that you're talking about, where like it starts breaking, and you're like, like you said, your mind was racing. Mine was too, and I was going, okay, this is like the Wild West. Like yeah. I have no idea where this movie is going to go next. And that gets me so excited. Like, honestly, I feel like that's kind of rare in movies these days 
where you know i've seen so many movies and so i have a general idea where you know the direction maybe not the end point or whatever but i know you know how movies supposed to feel and stuff and like you know 40 minutes in the movie i'm going this could go anywhere and i i was just sold maybe just because of that feeling that it gave me yeah. yeah, agreed. Yeah, uh, no, I was totally. I was. I was actually there with the movie for for this whole part and kind of liking what it was giving me and it's like light humor on top of everything. So then the second part, uh, Cal, what happens in the second? Right. So here's uh, here's the thing is like the the first the first chunk is all sort of like trapped in this recursive soup of like. Uh, are we just redoing the first matrix oh we're busting him out following the white rabbit oh there's like this you know this authority figure in a suit who like maybe he's really the bad guy i don't know you know but like but calling attention to it the whole time and being like is this what we're doing it's just this again and then once they sort of escape from the matrix you sort of get more of a sense of uh sort of this wider universe now they like they they do one of my favorite things in especially in sci-fi movies uh where you find out it's actually 60 years later it's not 20 years later so there's been all these developments in like in the outer world you know that there's there's new human colonies that they've like made peace with not just some of the robots some some of these developments were actually were fascinating too like yeah yeah, totally like some of those 60 year ideas that they were going through yeah, and it feels to me that, like, the first chunk is just, like, you know, again, kind of, like, sarcastic and mean about, like, forcing you to have this bad Matrix reboot. And then it sort of switches to being focused about what they would actually want to do, which people would find, like, unacceptable if this is all that, like, if it was just, oh, it's the future of the Matrix and everything's pretty good now and there's no... uh action and it's just people like figuring out their problems about living in a post-apocalyptic robot world where you know like the the relative peace of io and all of the new technology that's developed since then and the new problems they're facing like that feels to me like they're sort of like this is the stuff that we would like to make a movie about but like it's not exciting enough so like i like the answer I liked the answer to Neo's question of um, like, what did, what did it all matter? My, you know, my last two adventures that I went on, like, or my death, Um, what did it affect? It seems like it didn't affect anything. And they're like, and it's, you know, it's like more of a gray area. And I I liked their explanation of that. It was really creative. Like there is, he inspired some of the machines to see their point of view, which is like, that's a really fucking cool idea. And there's actually this like one shot, this really epic wide shot of the machine on machine war that happened. Yeah. And it's like, that's something they would give us or like in the past, they would have given us more information on in like an animatrix style, like side story or something. Yeah. Um, and, and all the way up till, I mean, you see it throughout the movie that like some of these machines have actually come into IO to like work with them yeah. and support them. And it's just like on, that's just a really cool idea on paper. Yeah, totally. Especially like given sort of the background we all have on like, all the events of the original matrix and then to see them just like being at peace and like uh i I love the idea that like programs like program people which are such a huge part of two and three um like computer programs that look like people um and uh, like imagining how they behave i love the idea that they can sort of 
project into the real world through this weird bubble technology and they can at least manifest they don't really have a body in the same way that like agent smith possesses that guy but you know they they can at least like interact in the real world and like escape from the matrix without hurting anybody um and i love that idea that like yeah there's so many machines and programs now that are like invested in the real world and like not even obsessed with destroying the matrix or getting people out in the same way because uh that's that's the other like big thing that i think the movie is kind of wrestling with is the idea that if you gave the general public the option to live in a horrible cold underground cave in a sweater with a hole in it like would they choose that or would they just stay in the matrix and uh i think kind of the the backbone uh what's the right word like the the heart of the conflict in this movie is kind of from the side characters um and i think the the, the conflict in the movie is primarily between bugs the new captain and the analyst because bugs is like similarly obsessed with neo but she wants to get him out so that he can have closure and like move on with his life and in the same way you know i think this movie is kind of about really we're just resurrecting them like their story was over and we're just bringing them back to life to like suffer more like what's the point of that and that's the analyst's position like the analyst is basically a studio that's just like no like you don't understand if we if we bring them back to life and then keep them apart some more like we can just keep everyone hooked on this forever and we can just keep making them suffer and we never have to like really resolve this because we can just keep having more and more matrixes where like their their agony is what powers the matrix and like keeps us all hooked so we're just gonna freeze them in time and keep coming back to them and like oh like i don't know it just it feels like so many studio movies and like how reboot culture works like i we we watched uh spider-man which i thought was a blast but like spider-man is the is the same thing in a lot of ways i mean I don't I don't know how much we want to talk about No Way Home spoilers but like it's uh it is it is following that exact same logic of just like let's just keep dipping into the stuff that people already know so we can just like keep them hooked and keep them coming back. I think they do it very well but like that is specifically what this movie is talking about is like oh is this what we're just we're just going to keep recycling and keep bringing people back and no one will ever get to tell a complete story with an ending where they're just happy and like we all get to enjoy that or no it just needs more more content for the content machine uh and so i I think that's the primary like conflict really is like the idea of the analyst who wants to keep them in the matrix to keep it going and bugs who's like yeah they're like we can do whatever you want do you want to go find trinity and settle down and like just move on with your life and be happy like sure let's do that like let's put an end to this not by destroying the machine world or blowing up the matrix but just like yeah who who cares about like fighting and all that stuff like we'll figure it out you're like you should just find your sweetie and you can just be together and like you know do cool stuff because that's what life is all about <laughs> you keep talking about bugs i think she's like one of the she's the best addition to the cast in this movie I think she, yeah. I mean, her acting chops are great and her charisma and look like fits right into this world. Um, I think yeah. above, above all the others, um, which I think there's like, there's some 
weird acting hiring choices throughout this movie but i think hers like actually stands out as being like actually really great um and yeah. i i loved her her, her style throughout this movie yeah yeah i mean there, yeah for sure she had some really cool moments i liked her little chemistry with uh, jada pickett smith um there's i was glad that she that she came back i don't know she was way old and stuff but they had like a fun uh dynamic that was like it feels like there's a whole movie about their dynamic there you know yeah. um the the scene where she steps up to like do the heroic mission and uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. He's like, I volunteer. Like, he's like, no, I would have volunteered to you regardless because this is so dangerous. I kind of just want you to like, I don't know, die. I guess is what the insinuation was. Well, she was like mad at her. Yeah. Not necessarily die, but it was like, you're the only one that doesn't get to volunteer. Yeah. I'm sending you on this mission. Well, yeah. I'm already volunteering. So, mm. just like that's very funny. And um, I mean, I could. Yeah, totally. Uh, Nick, give us a, um, give us a rundown on your feelings of the of the second half. Um, what were some of the well, highlights for you? Yeah, I mean, uh, I really liked uh, how they entered the world, and the world was nicer than it was uh, in the original sequels. Um, I liked uh, how they were hanging out with robots. You know, like I liked how there were uh, machines that had like integrated part of their lives and the, were on the same side of, as humans. Um, I think what there's was the a cute lot. Robots, to... the new robots name. Does anyone remember? I can't yeah. remember. Sabebe. Uh, Sabebe, yes, yes. That was, that's right. Yeah, so I liked all of that. Um, I I actually, you know, was kind of with Jada Pickett-Smith a little bit. I was seeing them being like, I don't know if they need to go back in. I don't know what Neo's doing here. And I kind of think, like, maybe they should let things be, you know, just... Uh, but, yeah, there was that disconnection of, like, you know, should they be trying to get more people out of the Matrix? And um, I, 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 I liked that question. And there's... You know, I, I I only saw this movie last night, so I'm still like I don't know. I'm still wrestling with like a lot of the ideas of it. Um, it it it's kind of a, it's just this is such a weird movie because I think structure wise, it's not like any other movie I've ever seen. You know, like I don't know. I was kind of um I was kind of digging a little bit, not digging with any information, but I was like asking friends, like a friend of ours hated this movie and i asked him like hey we're gonna podcast about it like what's one of your complaints uh you know what can we talk you know do you have any questions that we could talk about and he said uh he said lack of stakes no main character died and i wasn't even worried about it the whole time and like i i kind of get that like the the conflict i mean cow you're talking about how the the conflict is about these two characters the the analyst and um what's her name again I don't know if those two ever really share a screen together. You know, it's like, yeah. that's, that's not really like the con, like that's the metaphorical con conflict. That's like yeah. the philosophical conflict, but the conflict of the movie is them getting Trandy out, but they don't even know if they, if Trandy wants to come out, you know? So it's kind of like this weird movie where you're like, they're going to solve this problem. That's not even really necessarily a problem yet. Yeah, so maybe it's, the, yeah. and maybe the stakes like also in the, in the real world, are, I and I really actually do agree with that criticism. I think the stakes are kind of low throughout, but like the stakes in the real world are significantly lower than they've ever been in this movie. Um, like you, like they're kind of they're kind of just fine, um, waiting for the final climax to happen, and the the heist that happens is is brief and easy and kind of simple, um, especially for like how I guess they didn't build it up too much, but they said mentioned how difficult it was going to be. And it kind of really wasn't. Yeah. And then everything after that, they're kind of just hanging out, waiting to pull the two out. Um, 
and in all the other Matrix movies, like everyone on the Neverkineza is like about to die, and like all the timeline of machines both, are invading yeah, and all this stuff. The timeline is of the Matrix and the real world things are happening at the exact same time, and there's equal pressure on both sides to for them to finish. And like, yeah, the stakes were were surprisingly low on kind of both sides. Yeah. But I would say like that like this movie isn't about that though. Like it's kind of like it's not trying to be a regular movie in that kind of way. It's trying yeah. to have you be like we we want these two people to uh enjoy each other and uh just just like reconnect in in a real and meaningful way. And like uh, you know, th that's what that's really what that conflict is about, is about like ignoring the distractions of the Matrix and real life and just kind of like kind of boiling it down to, well, uh, love is the most important thing. So uh, these people need to connect through love or something. You know, it's it's just such a it's just such a different movie. And so I don't really did, like did you guys I don't feel really. That? Yeah, uh, I mean, that like, Neo I... had to get to Trinity and it, that was well, the only see, thing that the thing mattered is, like, was I... their love. It's, that's I, part of I, the thing is I, I don't know if they needed to, you know, I mean, sorry, Cal, what were you going to say? No, no, no. I, I think, yeah, in a lot of ways, like, again, it's this kind of like contrarian streak through this whole movie is like, it really feels like an anti-action movie for most of the movie. Like, like we were talking about it and like, I don't think Neo ever touches a gun in the whole movie. Like, he's just not interested in that. He's not interested in fighting anyone. Like the, the action is just kind of like, Oh yeah, well, it's, oh, it's something crazy happened. But like most of the stuff that Neo does is just blocking the bullets. Like he just has that shield for, for most of the movie. Uh, just yeah. people for, shoot at for, him and he's like, nah, it's not going to get hit by those bullets. So much of the action, it kind of like, like, um, I don't disagree that it, it like, like a lot of the time when there's an action scene, you're mostly watching these other new characters and like it's kind of like rushed going through the paces of just like yeah. yada 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 but i feel like it's not just it's i i don't think it's bad on purpose i i've heard other people saying that and i i don't think that's true but i think it is kind of like like the moments where this movie shines are like when neo and trinity like sit down to have a conversation for 10 minutes and like that's when it's like you're really invested or at least i was where it like that's what it wants you to focus on. And I feel like the action feels disorienting and like terrible a little bit. I don't, and again, like, yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's bad on purpose, but I think it is, I, I it do is get supposed it. to make you feel like it is like, oh man, this is like a bunch of like upsetting violent nonsense. And then like, oh, thank goodness. Now it's just like back to them having a conversation about their feelings. Like, because that's what this movie cares about. I get about. what you're like, saying, but. I, and I feel like that could work for a movie that had a lot less action in it. Like this movie isn't um, minimal on its action by any means. There are have a lot of big action set. I mean, there's a lot of action that's happening and um, or thrill that's happening. If it's not like pure action, but like would this it's... movie have been better if it was waking life, but with matrix characters? You know, Maybe. like I'm just like going to <laughs> Neo goes to Jay Pick and they have this whole philosophical conversation about the state of the Matrix in the real world. Then he goes to someone else and talks about stuff. And then he goes to someone like, would that have been a better movie if they had just like chatted for for two hours or like, you know, I, or I, maybe for me is is that there is still action, but it but that it feels upsetting and chaotic and it's no longer a power fantasy where like. 
Neo can do anything and he can fly and he can fight every bad guy. It's just like he is so tired and he just wants to like see if this person still knows who he is and loves him. And like the I think the action plays into that a lot, uh, because it is always disruptive and upsetting, not cool. Like and that's that's what I feel like is a big thing, is like you want like original Matrix and Matrix Reloaded, like cool Neo doing awesome stuff in an awesome way, and this movie never gives that to you. Like like maybe a little bit like the, the I would say the only like cool thing he does is when he like bends, you know, the the rocket and blows up a helicopter. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, and there's that cool. there's that wide shot of the helicopter landing to the side of the of the building. But yeah. I I and like I I do want to kind of repeat this, but um there there is a lot of action in the movie and it is lackluster and it's it's very unchoreographed, unscripted, quick cuts, close-up shots of blurry things going on and not much stakes on top of it. And for them to pull that kind of action into this movie and do it five or six different times throughout and like force you to watch it like that's uh, that it's it's not fun to watch like poorly done action sequences that much and if the movie wanted to be about um neo and trinity having like these touching dialogue sequences in between those like I don't know. They didn't need to have as much of the action that, you know, wasn't thrilling, like from the train sequence to the um, to the big like warehouse fight with the French man coming in um, to a, to the, the fight in the big CGI lake like dojo place. I, I just like time and time again was frustrating with um, it wasn't giving me what I wanted, but what it was giving me also was just like just lackluster i guess over and over again yeah in the fight in the fights so i mean like that that that, that first sort of like callback to the original like i know kung fu thing uh like that that i feel like is the primo example where like morpheus is trying to be like come on remember all your cool stuff you can do and neo's like i don't want to like i understand what you're saying and who cares and eventually like what he when he says like the callback line it's another thing that like feels sarcastic to me. At least that's how he I read it, where he's like, "Yeah, I still know kung fu," and then he just explodes the building they're in because he's like, "I just don't give a shit." Like, why? Why are we doing that? Like, are we just gonna redo all the fights? Do I have to fight everyone in the world again? Who cares? Like, let's just blow this up and move on to the next thing. And and that I feel like is the template for the rest of the action. Where I I don't think you're wrong that it is like disappointing, but I think it is it is drawing your focus on purpose in a in a negative way which is uh, again i i think that's a thing that i totally get why people are like well that sucks like why <laughs> why do it that way because it sucks to watch that way and i think it is like in, in many ways this movie is is just willing to like sh- shoot itself in the foot in some ways to get its own point across and just be like no i'm not gonna do what you want no matter what like uh which is is one of those things that i think is uh bonkers and i respect and really delights me even though i don't think you're wrong about like feeling underwhelmed or feeling like eh, it's not really that engaging to watch our f- favorite like fighting guy like not do fights or not care about fights you know yeah and yeah. i mean part of me wonders like 
you know, uh, personally, I, I don't know if how interested in action movies I, I am, you know, like I love John Wick and I love, um, you know, uh, I don't know. I actually don't really like action movies that much. I don't think, but like more and more, it's like, like we watched the nowhere, the, what's that Bob Odenkirk movie? Like, yeah. Like that Bob Odenkirk movie where he's game revenge on anyone. Like I thought that was, I like, I came out of the movie being like, wow, that was really well done. The action was great in that movie. But it actually made me stick stick to my stomach because I don't like this much violence. And like I watch yeah. Marvel movies, I love Marvel movies, but all the action I'm usually like yada 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 action. Let's get to more of the characters hanging out. Like that's much more than my interest is. So maybe that's just like you know maybe part of the thing where I'm like yeah I get it. the action wasn't great, but you know I also wasn't like more disinterested than I was like in other movies necessarily. You know like I liked the the chase at the end, like the motor motorcycle chase. Um, I, I liked, um, the dive bomber, um, uh, you know, the suicide of the persons. And, um, you know, I also, even in that scene though, I really liked how they, like, they took a moment to be like, this is a real person. And now he's committing suicide because the matrix is fucked up, you know? And, um, so they took a moment to like recognize that as well. But again, um. I mean, I hear you. I didn't think I, the action wasn't nearly as good as the originals, but um, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I don't really have too much to say about the action. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's just too bad for a movie that spent so much. Time I do. On it. I do. I do wonder if there is, there was a budget issue or not an, even an issue, oh, but like, man. it seems like me and did, Sean I, there were, asked the there same were moments question. where I was like, it seems like the budget was smaller or they didn't want as much of a budget or something. But. One of the first things I said to sh- after I saw the movie was like, how come a lot of that looked so cheap? I guess I was like kind of confused. Um, and it like just from the CGI to like some of the filming um, to wow. like the costumes at times. And we looked it up and actually were kind of surprised at what we found. It was over a $200 million movie. So I felt like that, like I felt like the, um, the scene like anytime they were like having a big set piece like in the streets like it felt like an empty city which to me also made it feel like a film set you yeah. know like i was like okay they're on a film set and they're just like wrecking shit um but then also i'm like maybe that's purposeful because it's supposed to feel like a hollow city because it's not a real city in the movie you know what i'm saying yeah like i was like maybe part of this cheapness is supposed to be supposed to make it feel cheap maybe i don't know i always thought the matrix was i don't know it's still people living out their lives and like in a world day to day i don't know like i don't the matrix cities aren't necessarily any emptier than a normal city but i that would this was like me in high school like that's analyzing the original matrix no i mean i I don't think you're wrong about i think they're supposed to be but maybe in that moment uh you know i'm talking about like when like the final the final climax action set piece where they're you know they all come out of that building and then you know the the army is is showing up yeah actually that's a that's a good point and there's there's pieces where like yeah my like budget radar was kind of going off where i was like this kind of looks like television a little bit one was like remember the train sequence um which should have like that cool idea of like the a rocket going through the door and then like blowing up the side of the train. But like, um, I was, I was kind of just like, why? Like the cherry blossom outdoor background green screen was just like, I don't know. It was just like so computery looking for, I don't know, the matrix, yeah. which has just like, usually has incredible, um, well done effects like that. Um, 
I don't know. It just, yeah, it just looked a lot more television-y than normal. Yeah. For me, especially, like, hearing, like, the budget, like, my my impulse, it, like, I'm definitely not this charitable with a lot of movies, but, like, my impulse with the Wachowskis is, like, they are incredible stylists and visual artists. And so, especially, like, knowing, like, they had so much runway with the budget, like, the movie got delayed for a year and a half, so, like, they had plenty of time to, like, keep doing things. So, like, there, there is a part of me that's, like, anything that's on screen in this movie, I feel like is is what they wanted, you know? And and so, like, my impulse is to be, like, what did they mean by, like, what did Lana Wachowski mean by this? Rather than just be, like, I don't know, they probably, like, just ran out of money. And, like, I don't, I don't necessarily have all the answers or think, like, no, you have to like every part. Like, I totally agree, like, the train fight feels pretty weightless and green screeny um but but yeah that 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 is my impulse which is definitely like a bias for this movie for me is like trying to figure out what their vision is at every point you know like you're saying you're being yeah like your forgiveness forgiveness to be like what what were they doing here rather than like what did they screw up while doing this part like but but mostly i'm saying that to be like yeah i'm just like in the tank for them so there's plenty of stuff that I, I'm sure that I'm just writing off as like, I don't know, I'll figure that out later. It didn't land for me in the moment, but I'm sure there was a good reason for it. But it's fully possible that there was not a good reason or, you know, they just made a dumb part or a bad part of the movie. And that's okay. Well, I mean, you can't do that for every director, but like, totally. I mean, it's like Stanley Kubrick. I mean, he, if he's a genius, what's he trying to do? You know, I think yeah. you can do that with certain directors and with uh, with their budget for this one. I, I don't know. I think it's... I think it's fair, but also it's, I guess I like I keep saying this movie is just like really strange, <laughs> and yeah. I think like just the there's just a lot of ideas to grapple with with this movie, and um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I like we haven't even really gone into like you know the metaphors of like internet culture or you know hive mind type stuff and any of yeah. that. I think there's a lot of like philosophical ideas to break down and and talk about with this movie and yeah. um you know again like i don't know the action is just it is it is what it is yeah. it's action that happens yeah. but i also i don't know it's another, another like big thing that we haven't really talked about is uh new agent smith which didn't work very well for me um like I, I think it would have landed a lot better if it was still Hugo Weaving. Yeah. Uh, that having that gravity um, of an actor. Yeah, like having that guy come back, but be the sort of like new version of this character, where like he is more on Neo's side than he is the machine side. Um, yeah, I, I have to say, I, 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 he worked for me. Honestly, I'll okay. say it. Like he worked for yeah. me. I know, like I know Hugo Weaving's better, definitely, yeah. definitely, but like. Yeah. He reminded me of Dennis from It's Always Sunny. He like looked <laughs> like him, but like less funny and more sociopathic, which is like Dennis yeah. is already a sociopath. And I don't know, there was something about like his good looks that was like, <laughs> oh, this guy is capable of anything, and I don't like that, you know. So yeah, we were talking again, about the like, cast before, like Joffrey Gaff, and also in the exact same vein, Neil Patrick Harris. I, I yeah, I had the opposite reaction to you about their just like perfectly good innocent looks and just the way they were delivering their lines and 
like probably cow an intentional decision from lana just like this whole movie is lighter in general and is a little tongue-in-cheek um but just the the like kind of more cartooniness than them uh yeah even compared to the original agent smith like i don't know it, it was kind of pulling me out of it they're, they're yeah. like in a I don't know their their style of like innocent acting. One like to to go back to the meta ness. I think this is kind of the last thing I have to say is like I I also like that just sort of in this meta narrative of like there's the studio system and the fans and like I I took the like the hive mind suicide bombers as like fans on Twitter who are like do what I want and there's just like a bazillion of them telling you what to do all the time and getting mad at you for everything that you do. Uh, but the Agent Smith thing, I, I really like because I feel like that is, uh, you know, he, he's literally Neo's boss, you know, telling him like, yeah, Warner Brothers wants to make another one. Like, we can get you what you need to make another one. But like, also, uh, you're trapped in an evil system and I'm a bad person. But at the end of the day, like, he does help them achieve their vision, basically. And I, I thought that was sort of interesting that like, they kind of work with this personification of evil to accomplish what they want to in the same way that I'm sure it feels like the Wachowskis have to like grapple with the studio system and online culture to make a movie and you know get the stuff done where it is like yeah you kind of have to make a deal with the devil and like sometimes he'll help you and sometimes he'll stab you in the back but I I liked that development of the idea of of Agent Smith as like yeah he's a bad person but you know he gets the job done (laughs) I, I had two um, two questions that I just want to throw out to see if you guys have answers because there's there's one that I was like really kind of confused about. Um, one was them them being able to be, pull themselves out of there. They no longer need to use like phone booths, right? Um, mm-hmm. They could take them out of the matrix, and I I believe whenever they wanted. Is that the conclusion they came to? Because um, I remember I, in the in the scene inside the coffee shop with Neo and like trying to get Trinity out, they're like, "It's fine, we can just pull Neo out whenever, like whenever things get too hairy, right?" Um, yeah. I, it was hard for me to follow like that logic of what was going on and how come they couldn't do like why the climax was happening if they could have pulled them out. And I must have missed something. Could you guys follow that? I, don't know. I think the big thing is that. They can pull Neo out, but they can't pull Trinity out unless she wants to be pulled out. So it is it is kind of like a realignment of those stakes like we were talking about before, where, yeah, it's it, there's no ticking clock. It's just about human choices and whether or not she thinks she's in the Matrix or wants to leave, you know? Like, that's... Which, it, it's another one of those things where I'm like, I, I'm, I'm into what it's doing, where, like, that's that's us in real life. We only have to deal with people's decisions and what they choose to accept as reality and what's important and there's rarely an evil robot ticking clock but i also understand like yeah the stakes can seem lower if it's just okay like, and because because the matrix knows trinity's trying to get out uh they wouldn't have stopped hunting her they were like they would have just killed her in the matrix and in real life because of that yeah or until I, she gets I think out in the original matrix they talk about like you you have to want to get out or else like you will just your like, body will your reject brain will... it yeah that's the pill yeah right okay so. all right that makes a little bit more sense for sure and i also yeah. like i thought it was something to do with mirrors like i thought they had to go out like through a mirror or something like it was like the it wasn't a phone thing... anymore but it was a mirror that they went through or something the mirrors are like 
like they can hack mirrors in the matrix which i, I kind of like again like this idea of like video game stuff in this um where it does like uh just you know making reflective surfaces in games was like famously very hard so i like the idea that like you can't get out of the matrix through mirror i don't think i'll have to rewatch it to double check but i think it's that mirrors are easy to hack to move around within the matrix okay okay so like, as they you move just, closer like, it'll get larger i like that line yeah. how am i gonna fit through yeah. this all right guys any any final thoughts um, I thought you had one more question. Or, oh, I okay, okay, I did, I did. Uh, I want to. What what was going on in the warehouse sequence with um, the the reloaded characters and the like the Frenchmen um, still wandering around like these old programs. So I can I can get deep into the weirdness of this if you want to. Like uh, that that felt to me like one of the most quickly like brought up and let go plot points in the movie and this is, i was so, still so rushing how question I yeah i was trying to keep up with what was happening in that whole chunk there with those like old programs excuse me um so in the in reloaded when the frenchman is introduced uh he so he and all of his his buddies are programs that have survived from previous iterations of the right. matrix mm -hmm. including there was like like the first iteration of the matrix was a paradise and that didn't work because people were like it's too good this isn't real and the second iteration of the matrix was like a nightmare hellscape that everyone was like this sucks we're leaving and kept breaking out uh and then they've sort of slowly perfected it so the frenchman and all these people are like supernatural beings so like the twins in reloaded are ghosts a lot of the other people you don't really see uh um like them use powers or anything but like I, I know two of his his henchmen in like the chateau fight in Reloaded are named Cain and Abel, and they're vampires, uh, like Cain and Abel from the the Bible. Who, like, uh, yep. So there's just all this stuff of like, there's these leftover programs who don't work correctly as the Matrix has gotten more and more realistic, and so those guys uh, in all of in the warehouse fight. They are people who, like, had worked up to the top. Like, the Frenchman was sort of, like, at the top of his game. He had control of all these things. He was learning to program the Matrix himself and, like, shape the world how he wanted it. Uh, but now in this new version of the Matrix that was, like, being hosted by the Analyst, it was, like, their last place to go, but none of their powers worked anymore. Uh, like, they were no longer supernatural beings. They were just exile, weird people that we're now past their glory days of being vampires and werewolves and ghosts and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, that said, they don't talk about any of that at all. I That's think just... they said the word exile at some, like very quickly at some point, yeah. maybe. Um, but I, I, I guess I, the, but the, the final really point of the, the question is what, what were they doing? What were they doing there? And so they know that the, the new version of the Matrix was dependent on Neo and Trinity and like their connection. And so they, they were mad that there was this new version. So their goal is to get rid of Neo and or Trinity because then like basically they would be like the Matrix would reboot back into the previous version where they still had like their supernatural powers and they understood the programming of the Matrix. I know you can't see me right now, but I'm definitely smiling because this is like total <laughs> Matrix expert why we have you on yeah. the episode. 
Um, you've definitely been doing your research. Thanks for the explanation. Yeah. But yeah, like that, that stuff, that's something that like I realized on like watch number four of Reloaded where I was like, I get what's happening now. Like, or, or like the Frenchman's, uh, like wife is like a succubus in the, in Reloaded as well. And she like, you know, at one point she kisses Neo to like steal information from him to give to the Frenchman. But it's all very like convoluted and not really explained. It's just because I was, you know, I've I've seen it so many times, and now I'm like, what was going on there? What's what's the deal with this? Yeah, and now I'm in <laughs> All right, guys. Um, any any final any final words that you want to go over for this film? Um, no, I don't really have any new points, but I, I am excited to uh, I don't know, again watch this movie again, and like, I'm curious how it's going to grow uh, in time. You know, I think like there is some commentary from this movie about um, how we move on from media so quickly. And uh, I think the media that sticks around are the ones that like have a lot of ideas that you feel like you need to come back to. And so I'm kind of like excited to engage with this uh, more and more um, over time, you know, um, I mean, there's a reason why we are still arguing about The Last Jedi. So um, I feel like similarly this might happen, except except Star Wars fandom is crazier than The Matrix fandom. So, um, as, as far as last things for me, um, I was just going to say, uh, especially if you found the action in this underwhelming, uh, I would like to recommend a movie on Netflix that a person I know made. It's called The Paper Tigers. It was filmed in Seattle. It's a super like low budget movie and it's basically like a classic 70s kung fu movie about like students avenging their fallen master uh except it's in modern day seattle and uh all of the students are like grown men who haven't done kung fu in 25 years uh but it's uh it's really solid it's really funny and the action is legitimately great while still also being like super low budget but I think basically all of the complaints about the action in the matrix, like this, this movie is the opposite of it. It's very like tactile and fun and energetic and real feeling. Uh, and it's a solid movie. So yeah. I just wanted to recommend that as if you still wanted to see someone get beat up in a fun way, the paper tigers on Netflix. Cool. It's a good time. And check out the trailer. I know you're like, you're like a stand for it because you know, the director, but like, I just want to say like, I've heard from multiple people outside of you, that have watched this movie and have loved it. You know, people yeah. that just like casually watch movies are like, oh yeah, Paper Tiger, that one was so cool. So uh, really I haven't watched fun. it yet, but I, I'd like to. Yeah. The final thing I just, I think I'll say is um, someone texted me uh, what I thought and if about the Matrix right after I saw it. And I told them that, you know, I, you know, I really didn't like a lot of parts about it, but I actually was having a hard time telling them not to see it and i think i concluded it with like you should you really should go because there's so much happening here that uh it would be weird just to like i don't know tell people to flat out miss it so still please go see the matrix Res resurrections and uh form your own opinion about it and um, you can watch at home at, on hbo max i mean that was definitely. part of my thing too where like the action like i thought i had to see it in theaters because of the action you know but you know the action was okay so like you know you could watch at home and you know, just, you know, engage with it. Absolutely. If you do. All right, Cal, glad to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks um, for being on, buddy. 
So please join us next week. Uh, mm-hmm. At the end of the year, it's hard to find exactly what we're going to be reviewing, but my guess is it's going to probably be something like Nightmare Alley, Guillermo del Toro's new film. Um, but we'll keep you posted if that changes. And Licorice like Pizza, a, maybe. Uh, maybe Licorice. Actually, Licorice Pizza is a good one as well. Um, please like and subscribe, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody.